0: We are pleased to be partnered with our dear friend Rachel Barbeau and her organization I'm Changing the Narrative. The mission of I'm Changing the Narrative is to promote positive mental health and good love for yourself and others to serve as an inspiration for students, professionals and parents to create an individual legacy of purpose, passion and platform. Rachel speaks to athletes about taking back the headlines for good, showing them that they have the power to change the narrative and to find their purpose in life outside of their sport. To live lives of purpose, passion and platform just like her inspiration, Alabama and NFL star, Kevin Turner did before he succumbed to ALS and CTE. For more information, please visit www.iamchangingthenarrative.org. The Rebel Walk is your source for the best coverage of Ole Miss sports. You can follow our good friend, Ole Miss Evie on Twitter at Ole Miss Evie, and you can follow The Rebel Walk on Twitter at The Rebel Walk. Be sure to check out their website at www.therebelwalk.com. Head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of our good friend David Walker's book, I'll Tell You When You're Good. This is the incredible story of Walker's demanding, provocative, bitterly fought career, and the most miraculous comeback of all time. Now the hardest fighting fight in Texas Aggie who ever lived reveals his life as the on field general inside the cold-blooded arena of college football. Join fans now in discovering the most disturbingly fascinating career in NCAA history with the youngster who lived it, including unique stories of a superb high school coach and the all-time game-changers for Aggie football, the Wishbone Gang. Walker is the only college-level quarterback to ever publish a book based on his experiences in amateur athletics, and remains the youngest starting college athlete ever. He held the single-season passing record at Sulphur High for 40 years and the single-game QB rushing record at Texas on for 35 years, a true dual-threat quarterback. Enjoy the flavor of Southwest Louisiana and the adopted Texas swagger in his unique voice as he takes you down a -a one-of-a-kind path you could never imagine possible in the modern era of college football. In so doing you will uncover what may be the greatest amateur sports story of all time. On behalf of everyone here at the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network, we want to wish you and your family a Happy New Year. And we want to say thank you for listening to the podcast in 2020, and we are looking forward to 2021. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Soul Street Coffee, start your day with a smile. You can visit them at www.soulstreetcoffee.com. And Anchor, the premier podcast hosting platform. Are you interested in launching your own podcast? Please visit them at anchor.fm. Welcome into our coverage of the Southeastern Conference. Hi everyone, I am Summer and I want to thank you for joining us. I'm pleased to be joining my guys Billy and Kenneth as we cover one of the best major conferences in college basketball. If you would please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. By giving us a five-star rating will help get the word out about the show. In this special edition, we want to go over the key factors and stats we will be watching for each team. Because those keys are going to vary from team to team, because these teams will play with a different style, but there are a few that will be universal.
1: Thanks, Summer. And before I get started, I want to also wish everyone a happy 2021. Thank you once again for listening to all of the episodes um, in the past year. Um, We really uh, jumped this thing off um, literally weeks before the college football season um, was set to get underway. So from all of us here, thank you for listening. And if this is your first episode, please rate, review and subscribe to the uh, podcast. Um, Give us a five star rating. It really helps us get the word out. And also leave comments on our Twitter um, page, time at time underscore advantage. And we'll try to get even more information out to you on the different sports that we're going to be tracking and some of the key um, statistical numbers that I'm going to look at for each sport to kind of help you get not only an advantage as far as your viewing experience, but also from a handicapping standpoint. So this podcast is all about our SEC basketball that just kicked off in the past couple of days. And now that we're in conference play, because we're only looking at conference numbers only. So as Somerset, there are going to be some universal numbers that are going to carry over for all 14 teams that I am going to always pay attention to. And then once we kind of get into the team by team breakdown, I'll, highlight one or two uh, key stats for that team as far as what they're going to need to to really focus in on as far as them being successful in conference play during the regular season. So let's get right into it. The first number that I'm going to always look at is your opponent's three-point field goal percentage. So if you're opponent is shooting a liked out percentage doesn't matter how many attempts they take or how many uh three-point baskets they make they're shooting a high percentage that's always going to be a key indicator for me your free throw attempts per game for all 14 teams this is something that i'm going to pay very close attention to if you're getting to the foul line you have an ability to score points without the defense being able to uh, stop you. So I wanna see how many teams are in that high number range. For example, a couple of nights ago when Arkansas played Auburn, Arkansas had 31 free throws attempts in that ball game. That's a very significant number for me. If you're over that 28 number per game, that's something that I'm going to pay attention to. Now, I'm going to correlate that with your free throw uh, shooting percentage, but I want to see those attempts. Next number that I'm going to always pay attention to, your turnovers per game. Teams with high turnovers are usually going to lose more than they're going to win. We'll we'll, we'll track that throughout the uh, season, but that is going to be one that, that is huge for me. You've heard me say this um, with this next number. Rebounding travels, whether you're playing at home, whether you're playing on the road. So your rebound differential per game is going to be something that I play pay very close attention to and correlate that with your offensive rebounds per game. The more offensive rebounds you get, second chance points, and usually... Off of an offensive rebound, you can usually get a wide-open shot. That's something that I learned from Dean Smith a long time ago. He loved getting those offensive rebounds, kicking them out, wide-open shot. Usually in today's game, it's going to be a wide-open three. If you got a knockdown shooter and he gets a wide-open look, I'm going to like your chances of being able to hit that three. That leads me into my next um, key factor number how many made threes does your team average per game now once again not every team focuses on three point shots but i do want to track how many does your team make per game very key number and this next one and i'm gonna go into it just a little bit deeper is um your point per possession differential now one thing you would never hear me talk about on this podcast is dummying things down. I think everyone that listens to this podcast has a high sports IQ, but I wanna take you even deeper. So points per possession and why that's a huge number for me. Let's just take Arkansas um, versus Auburn for just a minute. Your number of possessions is going to vary based on your style of play. If you're an up-tempo team like an Alabama, you're going to have more possessions per game. If you're a slowdown team, and I'm going to go outside of the SEC here for just a moment, but a team like Virginia, you expect Virginia's number of uh, possessions in a ball game to be somewhere in the mid-50s. Now, on average, we're going to be somewhere in the middle. So let's just take for example, the average number of possessions is 70. We're just gonna use that as a round number. If you're averaging one point per possession, which is the standard, you're gonna score 70 points per game. One point times 70 possessions. Now, if you're anything in the positive territory and I'm gonna use Arkansas as an example here versus Auburn, their point per possession was 1.30. That is a fantastic number. Now, they had 74 attempts. You can do the math really quickly and come up with 97. Now, Auburn in that same ball game had 72 um, track possessions that we use. Their point per possession was 1.19. Once again, well over that 1.0 point per possession threshold, do the math, 1.19 times the number of possessions, 85 points. 85 points in the SEC on most nights is going to be good enough to get you a win. It just so happens that they had, um, they being Arkansas, had a higher point per possession number. So, what led to that um being the case, we go right to that number that I talked about here just a moment ago, turnovers. Arkansas only had 10 turnovers in that ball game, Auburn had 19. You can see why we have that difference. And finally, these last two numbers are going to be very key for me. Your true shooting percentage or You'll hear um, in in some other circles, your TS percentage number. Now, I'm going to explain what that is and why I'm going to reference that number more than the effective field goal percentage number. Effective field goal percentage number takes into account all your field goal attempts, whether they're two point shots or three point shots. The difference between the effective field goal percentage number and your true shooting percentage number is it doesn't account for free throws. We want to account for those free throws because that's another way that you can score points. So we want to track that number. Now I'm going to jump around here and I'm going to pull up um, Alabama's game against Ole Miss. Alabama's true shooting percentage number in that ball game against Ole Miss, 54.3. Now just for um, a reference sake, their effective field goal percentage number was 52.3. So you can see there is a slight variance between those numbers. For the sake of this podcast and all future SEC um, basketball podcasts, you'll hear me reference that true shooting percentage number whenever I'm comparing uh, two teams. And finally, the universal stat that I'm going to use um, when evaluating these two teams um, that are going to be playing each other on future podcasts, um, starting with the one for the games on, on Saturday. Points off of made three-point field goal differential per game. So for the sake of this conversation, I'm gonna use the Alabama and Ole Miss number. Now, Alabama in that ball game made 12 three-point baskets. Ole Miss made one. So you just take that number of made made three-point shots multiply times three, and then you just subtract, in this case, the Alabama number versus the the Ole Miss number. And that's how I come up with the 33. So those are some of just a few of the key factors that I'm going to weigh in as I'm breaking these um, teams down as far as when they're getting ready to face off. For example, um, on the next uh, SEC podcast, one of the future games is gonna be the University of Alabama taking on my preseason um, conference winner in the University of Tennessee. I believe that game is gonna be in Knoxville and you're going to hear me talk about um, Alabama's offensive efficiency number versus Tennessee's um, adjusted defense defensive efficiency number and then vice versa. Then I'm gonna compare their adjusted tempos in conference play and their average possession length. Now, like I said, we only have a one game sample size, so we're not going to make a huge um, deal out of those numbers just to begin with, but what I'm gonna do um, later on in this podcast is I'm gonna give my power rankings for each team going into uh, conference play and then where they stood after um, the first um, games for each team. Now, only 12 teams played uh, games. We understood the South Carolina and Kentucky game had to be postponed, will be made up uh, later on um, this year due to uh, the COVID outbreak at the University of South Carolina. So we'll only have 12 teams, but we'll go through um, the six games that we did have in conference play over the past couple of days. And we're going to rank those teams that won based on did they beat a team that was power ranked higher or lower and was the game on the road or at home always going to give extra points to beating a team that was power rated higher than you. And then also, if that team was higher than you and you beat them on the road, that's also another feather in your cap. So um, for instance, Mississippi State, uh, while Georgia was ranked uh, just one uh, position lower than Mississippi State, Mississippi State going on the road and getting that win, going to give them a little extra credit for that. So that's kind of the uh, initial breakdown of some of those key factor numbers and after this um, I'll turn it back over to Summer and then we'll jump into uh, each of the teams in the SEC and kind of give you the one or two uh, key factor stats that I'm going to be looking at for that uh, individual team. And that's right Summer let's start Um, with our first team, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Got a big home win against the Ole Miss Rebels in Coleman Coliseum. So, for Alabama, these are the stats that are really going to be key factors for me when it comes to this particular team. It is Number one, their average turnovers per game. Because of the fast and frenetic pace that Alabama wants to play at, if they're able to keep those turnovers to 15 or less, that's gonna give Alabama an excellent opportunity to finish in the top half of the SEC. So, number one, turnovers per game. That number needs to be 15 or lower for Alabama to win. Number two, made three-point shots per game. Alabama attempts a high volume of threes, so I'm not going to really concentrate on their three-point shooting percentage like I've made with some other teams, but I am going to focus on They're made three-point baskets per game. If you listen to the podcast, um, when I broke down this game between Alabama and Ole Miss, one of the first things that I said was for Alabama to be successful in their wins uh, in a non-conference, that magic number for them was 11. They got to seven in the first half, so you felt really good about them in the second half getting to that double-digit number if alabama is able to hit 11 threes in a ball game i'm going to give alabama an excellent chance of winning that particular ball game so point number two made three pointers per game for the crimson tide number three and this is going to correlate with those made threes per game it is their points off of made three-point shots differential per game. Against Ole Miss, we talked about that number was 33. Now, don't expect it to be that lopsided in in every ball game, but Alabama has to be a plus 15 points or more from the three-point line versus their opponents if Alabama's gonna win that particular ball game. So point number three, is going to be their points off of made three-point basket differential per game. Always going to highlight that um, when Alabama's taking taking the court in a conference game. And then finally, for the Alabama Crimson Tide, is their free throw attempts per game. Now, because Alabama takes a high volume of threes. I still if i'm a fan of the crimson tide i want to see them getting to the foul line at least 20 times per game now while we're not going to track their free throw percentage um as far as a key factor we are going to definitely look at it but you want to get those attempts and if alabama is getting to the free throw line 20 plus times per game that means they're not just settling for the three-point shot and that they're driving to the hoop, and this is especially key for uh, Shackerford, for Petty. You want those two guys getting to the foul line quite a bit because if they are, that means they're still being aggressive and not just settling for the first open three-point shot. So that's my breakdown for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Just a quick recap. Turnovers per game, made threes per game, points off of made three-point differential per game, and finally free throw attempts per game. Absolutely, and our next team is gonna be the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee got a nice road win Uh, In Columbia, Missouri, against the Missouri Tigers. And for Tennessee, Coach Rick Barnes. What do we can kind of already start to see about what I believe is going to be the key factors for the University of Tennessee this season? First step is going to be their three-point shooting percentage. Now, like I said, each team is going to have different numbers that I'm going to look at, but because Tennessee's probably not going to be a high-volume three-point shooting team, if they're able to make a high percentage, that's going to be a tremendous key for Tennessee. Number two, they're excuse me, assists per field goal made per game. It's going to be a huge stat for me. Um want to see Tennessee, and not a great night against Missouri, only 33% uh, of their field goals made uh, came off of assists. You expect to see that with the Tennessee team. You want to see that number just a little bit higher. You want to see that closer to, um, 47% or, or even higher. So for Tennessee, that'll be my, my second number. Number three, field goal attempts per game. Like I said, this is a team that's not going to get deep into the, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, they're, they are going to get a little bit deeper in the um, in the shot clock. So we expect uh, their number of field goal attempts to be down. If Tennessee's controlling the pace, I expect that number to be somewhere between where it was against Missouri 50, 54 and 60 is about where I expect that number to be. If that number is creeping up, um, a little bit higher. I don't think that's going to be a pace that Tennessee wants to play at in conference. Next, offensive rebounds per game. For Tennessee, I think this is going to be a huge, huge number. Um, for Tennessee, I expect um, with uh, some of their, their inside game, for them to have double digits in offensive rebounds or or, or very close to it. You combine a really good shooting team with a really good offensive rebounding team. That is a recipe for disaster for their opponents. And finally, the number that I'm going to really pay attention to uh, for the Tennessee volunteers is their three-point attempts per total field goal attempts per game. Like I said, they're not gonna be a volume shooting team. So I expect that number to be less than 20% on a given ball game. That number is above 20%. Don't think that that's a style that Tennessee wants to uh, get get into because it means that they're probably trying to play at a faster pace um, based on what the score is in that ball game. If they're behind, you could see them taking more three-point shots, thus that number being higher and may not be in the best interest for the Tennessee Volunteers to win that ball game. So just a quick recap. Tennessee's three-point shooting. Field goal attempts. Offensive rebounds, assists per made field goals, and three-point field goal attempts per total field goal attempts uh, per game. And our next team is the Missouri Tigers. Um, Very disappointing um, effort against the University of Tennessee uh, there in Columbia a couple of days ago. So here are the stats that I'm gonna wanna track for the Missouri Tigers. Now, understanding they played one of the best defensive teams in the country. Without a doubt, probably the best defensive team in the SEC. So not going to judge them too harshly on that result playing against the uh, University of Tennessee. But here are just going to be some key stats that I'm going to take going forward with the University of Missouri here first one is definitely going to be their three-point shooting percentage. Now, they had a terrible, and I do mean terrible, shooting night against Tennessee from behind the arc, going three for 16. I want to see if that is a product of playing Tennessee, or is it that Missouri doesn't have really good three-point shooters. So over the next two or three conference games for the Missouri Tigers, that is going to be a number that I definitely will have jumping off the page. Number two, and like I said, this may be a product of playing the University of Tennessee, but turnovers per game for Missouri. Can have 20-plus turnovers and expect to win consistently in the SEC. So they had 21 against Tennessee, definitely can have that, and that's why you saw a 20-point loss to Tennessee on opening night for Missouri in the SEC. So, want to want track that number as well, like I said, for, for Missouri. Third one for me is going to be free throw attempts. They were able to get to the line 30 times against Tennessee. want to see if that trend of attacking the basket continues. And if you're going to not shoot the ball well from three-point range, you definitely need to make up for it by getting to the foul line and converting those uh, free throws. As I said, 30 free throw attempts against uh, Tennessee, knocking down 18, good for 60%. You want to see them shooting uh, those free throws at a little bit higher clip. So um, I would like, if I'm a Missouri Tiger fan, like to see that number in the upper 60s, even low 70s um, going forward. So, But as far as the key factors go, I want to definitely track their free throw attempts per game. The next one for me for the University of Missouri will definitely be their made three-point um, shots per game. Only made three against the University of Tennessee. Want to see if that number goes up here over the next couple of ball games. And then finally, for me, when I'm going to be judging the University of Missouri, it's going to be their offensive rebounds per game. Like I said, if you're not going to be a great out shooting, outside shooting uh, team, want to see you getting rebounds, and with those rebounds, if you're able to get an and one and get those free throw attempts, so that correlation is going to be huge for me. Um, offensive rebounds and free throw attempts per game for Missouri, so quick recap, three-point shooting, turnovers per game, free throw attempts per game. Made three-point shots per game and offensive reboundings for the Missouri Tigers. Up next is the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you one of the most entertaining college basketball games that I've watched in a long time was that game between Arkansas and Auburn. You talk about two teams that want to get up and down the floor. And we'll get to Auburn here um, in a moment. But we're going to look at the Arkansas Razorbacks. This is a team, along with Alabama, wants to get up and down the floor and get shots up early and get them up often. So here are the key factors that I'm going to look at for the Arkansas Razorbacks. First one out of the gate for a team that wants to get up and down the floor that quickly will definitely be their turnovers per game. The reason why they were able to come out of Auburn with a win, only 10 turnovers uh, committed in that ball game. If you're going to tell me that Arkansas is going to only turn the ball over 10 times per game, I really like their chances versus anybody in this conference. Number two. Offensive rebounds per game. If you're going to shoot as much as they are as far as field goal attempts, then you definitely want to be able to get offensive rebounds uh, per game just to give you extra possession. So they had 13 against Auburn. That is a, a really solid number for a team that likes to get up as many shots as they like to get up. And that leads me into my my third number here for the arkansas razorbacks field goal attempts per game 65 that means they're playing at a pretty fast pace. was able to score 95 97 points in that ball game when you're when you're getting up that many shots and especially if you're going to shoot at a high um percentage like they did in that ball game they're true true shooting percentage in that game was 61.7 just an outstanding number i can't even tell you how efficient that is uh from a point standpoint so i'm gonna give you this this one other number just because uh we talked about it in the early um intro of this game their point per possession in that ball game was 1.30 that's just off the charts good so as far as numbers that i'm going to track for arkansas um their three-point attempts versus their total field goal attempts per game i expect their number to kind of be like alabama's in in the 40 percent range so i want to see if they're taking a lot of threes That leads me into my final number for the Arkansas Razorbacks, and that's made threes per game. They had nine made threes versus the Auburn Tigers. That's how they were able to come out of there with a big time win against the um, Auburn Tigers, 97 to 85. Made a lot of threes, did not turn the ball over and really shot a high percentage. So just to recap, the Arkansas Razorbacks, uh, their key factor numbers that I'm gonna be looking at. Three point shooting percentage, turnovers per game, field goal attempts, offensive rebounds per game, made threes, and I'm sorry, I meant um, with that first one, the three point attempts per field goal attempts per game so once again let me just go back through the arkansas uh razorbacks one final time turnovers per game field goal attempts per game offensive rebounds per game mate, three point shots per game and their three point field goal attempts versus their total field goal attempts per game like i said i expect that number to be somewhere in the low Um, the high 30s to mid 40s because they are going to take a lot of three-point shots per game. And our next uh, team will be the LSU Tigers. LSU got a 17-point home win against the Texas A&M Aggies. Um, So here's some of the key factors that I want to look at for the LSU Tigers going forward. First and foremost is their assist to made field goal, field goals made uh, per game. Against the Aggies, 53.3% of their made field goals came via an assist. What does that says to me as an analyst is, they absolutely move the ball and they will likely pass up a good shot to try to get a great shot. Love to see that from an analyst point of view, because that's something that can travel, whether you're playing at home or on the road. If you're getting a high assist number, making shots, you have an excellent chance of winning ball games. That leads me to my next, um, key factor that I'm going to look at for the LSU Tigers. Field goal attempts per game. They're in the mid-60s, which means they want to get up and down the floor and, um, like I said, not just um, run the shot clock down, but, like I said, they're going to definitely look for high-quality shots. So, if they're in that mid-60s, I expect that points per game number to go up even further. And this is going to take me to my next stat that I'm going to track for the LSU Tigers. And that's made three-point uh, shots per game. They made nine threes in that ball game on 27 attempts. So let's just say if they are shooting at a much better percentage, maybe not the attempt, but let's just say um, they have a night where they go 12 for 22. You're gonna see that points per per possession go way up. You're gonna see that uh, points per game total go way up. So that's gonna be definitely something that I look out for for the LSU Tigers. Like I said, if you wanna play at a pace like that, I wanna see you take care of the ball. 10 turnovers against the Aggies, that's how you're able to get a blowout win like they did a couple of nights ago against the Aggies. You play at a fast pace, you get good shots, you don't turn the ball over, you're gonna win a lot of ball games in this conference. Last stat for me when it comes to LSU will be their offensive rebound per game. If you're gonna shoot at a a good percentage, you're going to not turn the ball over. And you're gonna give me double digit offensive rebounds in a game. I love that formula and this team is definitely good enough with those kind of numbers to challenge Tennessee for the SEC regular season crown. So just to recap really quickly, the LSU Tigers assist on made field goals per game field goal attempts per game, turnovers per game, made three-point shots per game, and their offensive rebounds per game. And up next is the Florida Gators. Florida was able to come to Nashville and get a 19-point win versus the Vanderbilt Commodores. And here's some, some numbers that I I got to do a little bit more diving into before um, I make a a hard analysis on the uh, Florida Gators here. So only fifty five field goals in the ball game, but knocked down a whopping. 34 uh, shots, almost 62% from the field. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that that will get it done against anybody. And um, seven for 17, almost 41% from the three-point line. That is just fantastic numbers. And just one more quick number for, well, two more quick numbers for them against uh, Vandy. of their made two-point baskets and made 16 out of 25 free throws. That's how you get to 91 points when you're not taking a lot of shots. So here are the numbers that I'm going to look at for the Florida Gators. One, I want to take a look at their field goal attempts per game. Um only like I said only fifty five in this ball game, so I think that Florida's going to want to try to control the pace of the game a little bit better. They just happened to have one of those special nights shooting where everything from free throws two point shots three point shots w- was going in so um I want to track their their field goal attempts per game over the next uh next one or two games to really get a more detailed analysis on the Florida Gators. Number two would definitely be their assists per field goals made per game. Uh, 42% from um, their um, shots came off of assists. Like I said, if you're, you're over that 40, 40 clip number, that's just a fantastic um, shooting performance number three will be their made threes per game uh made seven uh threes in this ball game i want to see if they're going to be able to continue to hit at least seven made threes uh per ball game fourth will be their three-point shooting percentage 41 percent in this ball game want to see not if they're gonna shoot 41% from the three-point line um, over the rest of the SEC, but I wanna see if they're gonna be in that um, mid-30 number. If they're around 35, 36, 37% and they're gonna make seven plus threes per game, that's gonna make them a very viable um, contender versus a Tennessee versus an Arkansas versus a LSU. Those four teams expected to finish high in the SEC standings at the end of the regular um, regular season in, in conference play, and then finally, I want to take a look at their free throw attempts per game. They were able to get to the foul line twenty five times in this ball game against Vandy. Want to see if that continues um, with a high percentage of their shots coming from the two point uh, line. Um, shooting at a high percentage add on top of that, being able to get to the foul stripe um, at a high clip, 25 per per game is a very high number. want to see if that continues. So just to recap, the Florida Gators really quick. Their assists per made field goals made per game, made three-point shots per game, field goal attempts per game, free throw attempts per game, and their three-point shooting uh, percentage per game. And our next team is the Auburn Tigers. And ladies and gentlemen, Auburn had one of the most oddest stat lines that you're going to see for a team that lost as far as an in-conference game. Scored 85 points. Their true shooting percentage was 65.8%, made 15 threes, had 11 offensive rebounds, shot 51.7% from the three-point line assisted on 64% of their made field goals and still lost. It is rare that you're going to see numbers like that for a losing team, but here's a key, and this is going to lead me into my first number with the Auburn Tigers. Turnovers per game. The reason that they lost that game to Arkansas they had 19 turnovers in that ball game. You're not gonna win a lot of games in this conference playing at home and you commit 19 turnovers. So going forward, Auburn, if you wanna have a winning season in conference, cannot have 19 turnovers per game. My next number is that assist to field goals made per game. 64% is just absolutely astounding wanna see if they can not per se duplicate that number but if they can be around that 50% percentage number as far as assists to made field goals, um, that is just gonna be a fantastic number and will lead to a lot more wins than losses. Third for the Auburn Tigers is definitely gonna be their offensive rebounds per game. If they're gonna give me double digits As far as offensive rebounds per game, like I said, for this Auburn team, that's going to be a winning formula. Fourth, made threes per game. Like I said, they have 15 in this ball game. Do not expect them to make 15 um, three-point shots in every single ball game. If they do, they'll run the table and uh, win the SEC if, if, if that's the case. And finally, for me, it's going to be for Auburn, the overall rebound differential per game. Now in this ball game against Arkansas, um, they both had 34 rebounds. So that was a push as far as that number. Auburn needs to be in that plus number um, rebound differential per game. So uh, just to recap the Auburn Tigers really quickly here. Assists to made field goals per game. Made three point um, shots per game free throw attempts, offensive rebounds per game and then that rebound differential per game. Those are the five key stats for me for the Auburn Tigers in this 2020-2021 SEC Conference schedule. And up next is the Texas A&M Aggies. The Aggies had a difficult um opening conference game there in uh, Baton Rouge against the LSU Tigers, losing by a score of 77 to 54. But understand, LSU is expected to be one of the top four teams in the SEC, so not going to ding the Texas A&M Aggies too much for losing to um, a team that is expected to be a top four team in the SEC in the uh, in 2020 20. 20- 2021 season. So what I'm going to want to pay attention to for the Aggies is their first number is that assist to field goals made per game. Against LSU, they were nearly 62% of their field goals made came off of assist. Once again, when you're in that kind of stratosphere, that means you're passing up Good shots for great shots. Love that by any team. If you can pass up a good shot to get a great shot, no matter whether it's a two point basket or a three point basket, because, ladies and gentlemen, there's only two types of shots there's the shot that goes in and the shot that does it. Whether it's a two point shot or a three point shot, you don't get any points for attempting three point shots. It's only if you're knocking those down. So, Definitely want to see if they can maintain um, at least a plus 50% number on that assist to field goals made. If they do, they're going to win a lot more ball games than they're going to lose uh, with that kind of number. Secondly, for the Aggies, is that turnover turnovers per game number. Want to see them keep that number uh, around where they were against LSU. 13 turnovers per game. That's that's a winning formula for um, any team in the SEC. You want to keep it below 15, regardless of your pace, but the closer you can get that number down to uh, 10, um, you increase your odds tremendously in conference play. Third number, and this is where um, the Aggies really struggled in this ball game. They were out-rebounded by LSU by a count of forty to thirty one that's a negative nine um, number, so rebound differential per game is going to be huge for the aggies if they want to finish in the top half of the um the table as far as in conference the next number for the aggies for me will be made field mate um three point field goals um, per game. They only made five threes on 26 attempts, cannot shoot 19% if you're gonna take that many three-point shots. So either you're gonna have to knock down a higher number or you're gonna have to reduce the amount of field goals from behind the arc. That leads me into the last number that I'm gonna look at for the Aggies and that is their three-point shooting percentage. Only 19.2%, like I said, that is not going to be a winning formula if you're not going to make a high percentage. So just to recap, uh, the key factor numbers that I'm going to look at for the Texas A&M Aggies, assists per um, made field goals per game, turnover um, turnovers per game, their made threes per game, and their three-point shooting, along with their rebound Differential per game. Up next is the Kentucky Wildcats. Now we haven't seen the Kentucky Wildcats play in conference yet, due to their game being canceled with South Carolina due to the outbreak there um, at the University of South Carolina. So um, we won't get our first look until um, on tomorrow, which will be Saturday, January the second, against Mississippi State, but. Kentucky is off to one of its worst starts in school history in one and six in a non-conference. Now, uh, their only win came in the opener against Moorhead State. Since then, six consecutive losses to Richmond, uh, highly rated Kansas, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, uh, the Tar Heels of North Carolina, and uh, their biggest rivalry game outside of the conference against Louisville. So, what are we seeing that we're we're gonna need to track as far as once Kentucky gets into conference play well right now um they're turning the ball over way too much um right now their turnover percentage is twenty two point eight uh ranks them two hundred and eighty first in uh Division one basketball um the D1 average is 19.6. Now, Kentucky seems to be a really good offensive rebounding team um, thus far. And that is one of the the stats that we're going to track with them is their offense rebounding. If you're not going to shoot a high percentage, you need to be a really good rebounding team. Um, Kentucky is horrible from the three-point line. Um, About 25% Um, is what they are on the season. So they would definitely need to improve that number. And the final stat that I'm going to look at, and like I said, I'll I'll revisit this a little bit with with Kentucky uh, once we get a chance to see them play in a couple of games, is their three-point attempt to field goal attempt uh, number. Right now, um, they don't shoot a lot of threes uh, compared to the uh, D1 average. They are at about 29.8, which is 297th. Um The D1 average is 37.6%. So, gonna have to kind of watch that very carefully uh, going forward here with the Kentucky Wildcats. And up next is the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks. And as we mentioned in the last uh, breakdown with Kentucky, their um, conference opener was canceled postponed due to COVID. So we're gonna see if that game does get made up at some point um, during the schedule uh, as far as conference play here. South Carolina is one and two on the season. Losses to Liberty and Houston. Their only win was against Tulsa. So not a lot to chew on as far as these numbers go, but um, some of the things that would would concern me about the uh, projected outlook for the South Carolina Gamecocks is committing way too many turnovers, um, below average uh, free throw shooting team And as far as their um, three-point points uh, distribution, uh, they're about uh, 27% of their points come from behind the three-point line and shooting about 31% in the three non-conference games that they played. So not a a real big sample size. So one of the things that I'm going to keep an eye out for the Gamecocks is what kind of style of game do they wanna play? Do they wanna play an up-tempo game? Um, typically, uh, head coached by Frank Martin, they wanna be a very hard-nosed, very stout uh, defensive defensive team. So you wanna uh, definitely pay attention to that with, with South Carolina. Uh, those turnovers are gonna definitely be something that I track as well as um, their three-point attempts to field goals, attempts uh, per game. So those are gonna be um, a couple of the key factors that I'm gonna look for, for the South Carolina Gamecocks in 2020-21. Our next team is the Mississippi State Bulldogs who got a uh, much needed win for them on the road at Georgia. Um, If you wanna finish uh, towards the middle of the SEC, getting wins over teams like Georgia, teams like Vanderbilt are gonna go a long way to improve your your standings, um positioning um uh, in conference plate this this season. So um big win there in Athens by the Bulldogs uh eighty three seventy three. Let's take a look at some of their key um factors that I'm gonna look at throughout the season. And the first and foremost is um 12 made threes uh, per game against Georgia. Don't expect them to make 12 threes per game, but if they can make 10 uh, threes per game, it's gonna give them a great opportunity to stay in a lot of ball games when you can uh, shoot from behind the arc uh, and make that many threes. You're gonna give yourself an excellent opportunity. Leads me right into my next number is their three-point shooting percentage. Uh, They were able to shoot about 44% from the three-point line against Georgia. If they're somewhere around that 38 um, number or better, that's going to bode very well for the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. My third number for Mississippi State is going to be their turnovers per game. Ben Howland, um, once again an excellent defensive minded coach, uh dating back to his days at UCLA. Um twelve turnovers per game, that that's a winning formula. Um wanna see if Mississippi State can uh continue that going forward and keep uh those turnovers to a minimum. And finally, um the number that I'm gonna really track when it comes to Mississippi State is that free throw attempts per game. Only got to the line against Georgia 18 times. want to see um, them over that 20 number uh, per game. So if you can continue to shoot well from the three-point line, knock down a, a high number as far as volume goes, minimize the turnovers, get to the free throw line a little bit better, This Mississippi State team could shock a lot of teams in that middle grouping in the SEC this season. And up next is the University of Georgia. Um, As we talked about, a very um, disappointing loss to Mississippi State um, there because the game was at home in Athens. So um, we... Projected that um, University of Georgia would be um, in the in the bottom four as, as far as expected finish uh, rankings in the 2021 20, uh, conference uh, standings at the end of the season. So um, that loss does not go a long way as far as them finishing anything above um, the bottom four. So let's take a look at if the Georgia Bulldogs will not finish in the bottom uh, portion of the SEC, these stats are going to be absolutely essential um, or significant, as as I would say, uh, to them doing that. First and foremost, it's going to be offensive rebounding per game, um, even in a loss to Mississippi State, they were able to um, out-rebound the Mississippi State Bulldogs by 13. So, um, Georgia, for you, um, your offensive rebounding per game is definitely going to be the first stat that I track. Um, The second one uh, for Georgia is definitely going to be their turnovers. When you are viewed as a bad team the one thing you cannot do is turn the ball over they have 15 turnovers against Mississippi State that's how you lose by 10 uh, to a team that is basically on even rankings as you are so uh, you can't give your opponents extra field goal attempts uh, and possessions by turning the ball over so Georgia's going to need to keep that number just a little bit down. Not that 15 is extremely high, but like I said, if you wanna pull off wins, that's gonna be a number that you definitely wanna get even lower um, as possible. The next um, key factor that I'm gonna be tracking for the Georgia Bulldogs is the rebounding uh, differential per game. Uh, even though they out-rebounded, um, they had 13 offensive rebounds um, in that ball game against Mississippi State. They still were were a minus one in overall rebounds. Like I said, when you're expected to, to finish that low, you need to be able to uh, pound both the offensive and defensive glass. And they did not do a a great job of that against Mississippi State. Let's see over the next couple of games, um, how that improves. And if it doesn't, you could see Georgia um, really be in for a long season as far as their in-conference record. Then finally, three-point shooting percentage. You're gonna have to knock down a higher percentage um, in order to pull off some of these upsets. So um, it's not only the volume, but for Georgia, it's going to be absolutely vital that they hit a high percentage. Now, they did hit 36% against Mississippi State they're going to probably need to be in that 40 percentile range um, in order to be able to pull off some upsets. So they're going to have to have some nights where, for example, if they're playing a Missouri or a Kentucky, in order to pull off that upset, they're going to have to have a night where they go 12 for 25, uh, something like that in order to pull off some of these upsets where they just are absolutely losing their mind from behind the arc. So key uh, factors, once again, for for Georgia will be their offensive rebounds per game. You definitely want to be in double digits. Uh, Turnovers per game, uh, they're going to definitely have to be below that 15 number. They're going to have to be one of the better teams in that category in the SEC if they want to finish anything above uh 13th or 14th in the sec. Uh rebounding differential per game and finally their three-point shooting percentage. Up next is the Ole Miss Rebels. Want to say a shout out to all of my friends there um at the Rebel Walk, Ole Miss Evie uh, and her fantastic staff there at the Rebel Walk. And of course I'm always going to give a shout out to um my two special friends, Miss Kathy and Miss Donna. Uh, Happy New Year, ladies. Hopefully, uh, you and your families are well. And hopefully, we'll um, in this upcoming season be able to get together for a football game uh, there at Vault, Vault Hemingway uh, Stadium. And definitely um, hope once again that you and your families are well. Okay, so in the ball game with Alabama, Mississippi State. I'm sorry, Ole Miss was as bad as you could be from uh, the three-point line, and that is not something that um, is going to allow Kermit Davis um, and this Ole Miss Rebel team to be successful. You can't go one for 13 behind the three-point line. That's 7.7%, ladies and gentlemen, and their opponent in that particular game was Alabama, uh, go uh, 12 for 37, so... In a in a card terminology, you're you're drawing dead when you're outscored from the three point line by that big of a margin. So first and foremost, um, because you're not going to see or I don't anticipate, I should say, the rebels playing at at a fast tempo. First and foremost, You got to take care of the ball. Uh, Cannot have, uh, like they did against Alabama, 17 turnovers. That's not a recipe for a team that wants to control the pace of the game like Coach um, Davis is going to want to do there with the Rebels. So got to take that 17 um, turnover number down under 14 if you're going to get um, some vital wins in the SEC this basketball season. So that's my first number. Second number, which is one that they actually did extremely well and is their free throw attempts per game. They have a very uh, strong presence on the inside. Um, one of the benefits of being able to watch that game um, live there at Coleman Coliseum on television was just the the physicality that the rebels um, are able to pound that ball in the paint and get to the get to the foul line, and just a a tremendous job there um, by Ole Miss. So Devonte Shuler um, and and his supporting cast. You're going to want to see them continue to get to the rim, uh, make some of those shots, get some and ones, and uh, continue uh, that second key, key stat is their free throw attempts per game. Third, offensive rebounds per game. Like I said, did a fantastic job in that game against Alabama, getting 19 offensive rebounds, Uh, really uh, beat up Alabama on the glass. They're going to need to do that uh, when they step up in competition, even more so going against teams like a Florida, like an Arkansas, like an LSU, like a Tennessee, where they're going to need to not only shoot a high percentage, they're going to need to get those second chance shots. And I think that they have the presence on the inside to do so. Now, I don't expect 19... Uh, offensive rebounds per game, but if you're able to get for Ole Miss anything over 12 offensive rebounds per game, that's going to give you an excellent opportunity to um, win some of those games because you can shoot a low, lower percentage if you're going to get offensive rebounds and score off of those offensive rebounds. And then finally, Ole Miss, you're made threes per game. Um, for a team that I don't expect to shoot a high volume of threes, if they can make, on average, maybe six threes per game, that's going to give um, the Rebels an excellent opportunity to uh, be in a lot of ball games this upcoming season. And finally, uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Um, by many um publications expected to be um last in the sec standings uh this coming season had a very uh tough opening matchup with the florida gators uh to open up conference play here in nashville so if the commodores are going to finish anywhere above where they're projected and that is absolutely dead last um Coach Stackhouse is going to have to see um, some of these numbers either stay where they are or even continue to prove. Now, mind you, they took on a team that is projected to finish in the top uh, four in the conference. So not going to um, sound the alarm bells for Vanderbilt to start off with in, in conference play. So. Coach Stackhouse. um Definitely want to see those um, made three-point shots per game um, stay around eight or even increase slightly. Uh, I think going against a very defensive-minded team like Florida and still being able to knock down eight threes will bode well as you get uh, further along in conference play. So that's going to be my number one um, number. As I said for Georgia, uh, when you're expected to finish uh, that low in the uh, standings, you gotta take care of the ball. So that'll be my number two for the Commodores: turnovers per game. While 14 isn't a high number, when you're looking to pull upsets, you gotta be even even lower. So you want to be somewhere around 10 to 11. Uh, turnovers per game. Doesn't sound like a huge difference, but those extra three to five possessions per game could be the difference between getting an extra win or two or not getting um, those wins in conference play. Third number, and and this one has to take a huge leap, uh, they're rebounding uh, differential per game. They were a minus eight against uh, the Florida Gators, cannot continue to be a minus eight against future opponents if you want to get any wins in conference play. So that'll be my third one. And then finally, their assist to field goals made per game. You want to get high quality shots, because in order to pull off upsets, what do you have to do? You have to knock down threes. You got to defend the three point line. You got to rebound and you have to get and make high quality shots. So um, against the Florida Gators, 50% of their made field goals came off of an assist. That is a fantastic number. And I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to keep the Vanderbilt Commodores in a lot of ball games um, throughout conference play. If they're able to be around that number, you wanna minimize the turnovers, make a high number of threes, and do a little bit better job on the rebounding uh, category. You do those four things, Vanderbilt, you could definitely pull off some upsets and beat some teams that are expected to finish towards the bottom of the table like a Mississippi state, like a Georgia, like a South Carolina, those are teams that you are definitely gonna need to get some easy wins against. And who knows what we're gonna get from from Kentucky. If you're able to shoot the lights out against a Kentucky, that's another team that you may be able to pull off an upset against. So Vanderbilt fans, I know it's been a rough couple of years with some of the um, injuries that you've had to some, some key players. But if Coach Stackhouse can um, get those numbers and those key factors that I just laid out to um, improve or um, remain where they are, don't be surprised if Vandy gets a few wins in conference play this season.
0: Thank you, Kenneth. We hope that you have enjoyed this special edition to our coverage of the SEC Basketball Podcast, and be sure to join us all season long. For Kenneth and Billy, this is Summer and we hope you have a great new year.